It's time for another Fast Play 5. This time we're counting down our five favorite Disney video games. Theme song guy. On this podcast, we let it go. Because Hakuna Matata and the bare necessities will always be our guide to infinity and beyond. All it takes is faith, trust, and a little bit of pixie dust. We know that life is better under the sea. Because on this podcast, we do Disney. Hi there. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Kelly Meehan. And welcome to this episode of Doing Disney. Today we have another Fast Play 5. If you ever watched Disney on DVD in the mid-2000s, you may remember the selection menu with fast play to skip straight to the film. So we're honouring that and skipping straight to the five favourite choices of the topic. Today is a topic I've been super keen to talk about as it combines two of my biggest influences on my life, Disney and video games. I have two amazing special guests with me today. We have Brooklyn Bale and Mike Hanley. Thank you for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Thank you for having me, yeah. So as it should be said for every fast play five, there are only a limited number of spaces and many amazing choices to pick from, so hard cuts must be made. Fast Play 5's come down to favourites, as is every category on the podcast, and each person is entitled to their picks. Just because something doesn't make the list doesn't mean we don't like it. I encourage quirky, out-of-the-box choices because the theory of the podcast is finding out how various people do Disney, so it comes down to personal opinion and how you want to make the list. Start at the beginning. I feel that's true for this episode so much in particular. Because previous fast plays have been like um, villain songs, couples, recurring voice actors, a lot of sort of similar feelings people have around those topics. And maybe you just pick out one or two you prefer of the other. But video games is definitely the most personal of the lists we've done so far because it's so dependent on what did you grow up having in your childhood? What, do you, what systems did you play? What characters did you gravitate towards? Was there particular possibly even shovelware that it doesn't matter, you just loved it, because I know there's a few of those for me. So, Brooklyn, kick us off with your number five. All right, so my number five, I was d- did not think that it was initially going to make my list, um, but it, but, uh, but last second in May number five, uh, go to Mickey Speedway USA. Yes! Um, so I briefly remember playing or playing this. Um, I think I think I was in I was in the hospital for something, and this is one of the game, games that they, games that they had there. Um, but this is one this is one of the many like kart racers that came out uh, on the N sixty four. This was actually I I was just looking it up. This was made by Rare, so one of the great games that they had made um, in its time. I wouldn't say it was the best kart racer they made the the Diddy Kong racing was pretty cool um but this is pretty like it's a pretty straightforward pretty straightforward one I think the tracks aren't super memorable but you got to play as like Mickey Donald Goofy I think it's one of the one of the few times you actually get to play as Petey it was one of like my it was one of my favorite characters I think he's just a little bit under a little bit underlooked and it was he was like one of the true like big bad villains but yeah other than that just a straightforward kart racer Mike did you have a chance to play in Mickey Speedway USA I remember playing it a few times when I was a kid, but I don't remember the majority of it. But I remember the basics of it being a kart racer. And I remember enjoying it. I just didn't focus on that one compared to the other ones. I'm the same. This isn't one I remember either of my friends having. I remember probably renting it from the video store maybe once or twice. So I remember the box art that covers burned (laughs) in my brain, but the action mechanics I don't. But I would be so keen to have a revisit of it. It always looked really great. Mike, what's your number five? Okay, so my number five, uh, going Nazario Land. I'm going Nightmare Before Christmas, Oogie's Revenge for the PS2. Wow, I've never played it. What's it like? Oh, I love this game so much. Um, it Basically, it is you walking into the Nightmare Before Christmas world full on. You're playing as Jack Skeleton. And when I played it back then, it seemed like it was 
like really open world that you can go anywhere, but now you play it and you go, yeah, it's very contained in the different areas you go and what you can do. But the actual like fights in there were great. Everything about how um, the movements were were really fun. It was definitely PS2 era. You can feel the, and I think it originally came out on the PS1. I think that's the original that came out and then they pulled up to PS2 and I even think they went to PS3 with it. But the graphics were still hold up. I, I played it like a couple months ago. Graphics are still holding up for PS2. It's very fun. Playing as Jack Skeleton was always fun. Getting to see all the characters and see the world they built around it is great. The graphics, the world graphics are fantastic. Yeah, it was a really fun game. What kind of like mechanics for it? Like, Basically, you would walk around into each area and kind of be one of those games where you'd have like a bunch of uh, baddies come out mm-hmm. and you'd have to, you the areas around it would all lock and then you yes. have basically just fighting abilities of Jack where he would throw stuff and you'd hit him, you defeat all the bosses and then it would open up and then you'd go yeah. to the next one and so on and so on as you went. Oh, that sounds great. Brooklyn, have you ever played this? I've never played this. I, I never had um, never had PlayStations uh, growing up, but it sounds but it sounds unreal. Like you, you describe it and it sounds like a like almost like Devil May Cry. Yes, it is kind of yeah. like that style. Nice. Well, my number five, I'm gonna kick it back to Sega Genesis days, and I've got Mickey's Ultimate Adventure. So giant spoiler alert. My family had Sega Genesis growing up, and I got real nostalgic with this list. So I don't, I'm not surprised if you've never heard of this one because I can't be like, this is a great game. It's not, but I loved it. So if you've never heard of it, Mickey's Ultimate Adventure starts with um, Mickey Mouse reading Jack and the Beanstalk and then falling asleep. And you fall into his dream where he must solve different puzzles to collect different items. So there's five different areas to the game. Clarabelle Cow runs the library. Um, Donald Duck's a wizard. Huey, Dewey and Louie work the plumbing system under the castle. Daisy dusts portraits in the hallway and Goofy's a blacksmith. So it's got that real medieval, that sort of vibe to it. So I'm going full on on this and you will listen to me talk about it because no, I never hear anyone speak <laughs> about this game because as a nerdy kid that loves puzzle games, with Mickey Mouse, this was everything. So, like, this has had multiple replays. I feel like I could play this one in my sleep. But um, basically, they were just, like, mini games or mini puzzles. So, daisies and I've and got these dusty portraits and you have to match them up. It's just a match game. You uncover one, match the other. Um, Goofy has, like, a mastermind game with his – because he's a blacksmith, so it's all the different tools. So, like, you've got to guess what code is in his um, uh, toolbox. And so is it going to be, like, hammer, nails, screw, or, like, whatever, like, you had to – do like the mastermind code, that sort of thing. So then when you successfully complete a puzzle, they reward you with an item. And then you go around trading the items with the other characters because everyone needs something else for magic beans. And at the end, this beanstalk grows up and you do um, one of those slide puzzles, you know, where you can only move one piece at a time. It's got like one corner piece mixed out to make the picture of an alarm clock to wake Mickey up because he'd fallen asleep. So I can beat this game in about 45 minutes. But I don't care. I love it. And it's my number five. Have you guys ever heard of it? Or has my description of it made you just want to run away from it? I, I mean, I think so. Like, I, I did a brief little kind of glit, or I did a brief refresher of like all the eligible Disney games. And I and I believe I've ever come across this. This is probably like one of the many like 2D platformers. 
um, yeah. of, of, of the bunch. But yeah, no, I'm glad. I'm glad that um, I'm glad that you were able. I'm proud that we have some second Genesis love on here. Yeah, I I heard about it. I never played it, but then uh, we've talked about it outside of this few times. So I've always wanted to actually play it, and I think I actually have it on the emulator now to actually try to play. So I'm very very interested in giving it a shot now. It's one of those ones, it's, it's definitely like the um, all the music and the sounds and things like that is what sort of like hits me straight to my eyes, like that like arrow of nostalgia straight to the heart when you start hearing all those different little 16-bit sound effects, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Brooklyn, what do you got in number four? <laughs> all right. So <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm mad at how much I'm, I miss this game in a way, uh, but Tigger's Honey Hunt was a fun game. I never heard of it. Please elaborate. <laughs> so Tigger's Honey Hunt uh, was on the N64 and the PlayStation, I think the PC as well. Um, but it's basically another 2D platformer. Um, I think it's I think it's perfect for like five and six year olds because um, it uses like all the mechanics of Tigger. Um, it ha- and like it uses his tail as a spring. Um, he's he has like he can kind of ho- hover around. But the way the way to kind of sum it up, it's basically like uh, Baby's first Donkey Kong Country. Uh, there's a lot of a lot of collectibles. Um, there isn't as many. There isn't as many enemies. It's more so like barrier. It's more so like things you got to avoid, like 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 spikes and whatnot. So I think it's a it's it's a much more easier for younger kids to kind of to kind of kind of grasp to. But yeah, I put a lot of hours in, into this game, and I remember like I remember like getting like getting like legit stuck because a lot of those games back then were like were were hard and they were meant to be hard because that's that's what kept kept you kept you going and going but um but yeah no this, this is really cool oh yeah all the death traps that they put in like it's always the way because they need you to keep coming back and retrying the levels um having a quick look it looks amazing i think baby's first donkey Kong country very good description that looks exactly <laughs> what it's like but it looks fun and I, I haven't played many of like the winnie the pooh sorts of games that are he say that I'm like, oh, I might need to check that out. I think. Yeah, and it actually it holds up. It holds up graphically, like for an for an N64 game because I think it was later on in the cycle. Two um, thousand, like, yeah. Yeah. Mike, have you heard or played Tigger's? I have much? not heard of this, but I looked up uh, images of it right now, and it seems like it's my type of game. I two D platformer type of game that I would like to try because I love those old school two D platformers. Absolutely, Mike. What's your number four? So I'm going to go with the 2D platformer from the NES that was remade for the PS3 based off one of my favorite TV shows, the DuckTales game. That's a, I, that's a skip. I guess that's a skip. skip. Or, yeah, oh, skip? Is that oh, your number one? Perfect. It's not my number one. It's my number two. Uh, yes, we'll or, skip. We'll come back around. Okay. Perfect. Yeah. Um, my number four, I think, is also going to be a skip. It's Aladdin. Yeah, that's a skip. Brooklyn, what have you got for number three? So my number three, I almost forgot about this, but then it was, uh, I thought I played, I thought I loved Tinker's Honey Hunt, but then I remembered of a game that was available in cereal boxes, and that's Timon and Pumbaa's Jungle Games. Yeah! Yeah. Please, please talk about (laughs) Timon and Pumbaa's Jungle Games. So I, so this was, I believe that it was originally released on the SNES, but the way that I brought that I was brought into it, this was in like I forget it was like Cheerios or Shreddies. Um, there was like there was this game. I think there was a Hercules game, and I think there was a game for like for Atlantis or Treasure Planet or something. But this was basically a, a collection of games. There was like a version of Frogger. There was a version of Poyo Poyo where they used the bugs. Uh, there was like an on rails kind of shooter thing. 
but the one that I remember playing the most, I remember playing pinball because the pinball and that was awesome. Yeah, the pin, it was great. Um, and because because then because I think then um, learning that you could press both flippers with the space bar that was the greatest thing because that's all you do. That's you just press that and then. Uh, but but yeah, uh, very fun. The humor the humor and it's great. The Timon and Pumbaa are, are obviously in it throughout, but it's just they make you. They make you have make you have fun playing all these uh, all these little like micro games. I can't believe I didn't even think about this in my brainstorm because <laughs> this was my when we got our Windows ninety five. My mum bought us two games: Jumpstart First Grade and Timon and Pumbaa's Jungle Games. So I love this game, and I can again as I was talking about with sound effects, and I think why it's so nostalgic for video games. It's like I can hear them running around. You know when they run around the thing and it's like like you can just those weird little sound effects that just ingrain into you somehow and oh yeah the games were great i, I loved the pinball one as well i loved the um the what's the one i think it was the frogger one and the one where like pumba you had him down the bottom and it was like more like a space oh yeah sort of had, one. he was like it was like he had a burp he had a burp something yeah in the way. yeah, yeah. So yeah, I, I loved Timon and Pumbaa's Jungle and they had the leaderboard and everything. And it was just really magical at bringing what you had on VHS tape onto your screen because because it's animated, it transferred really well, like yeah. all, all the graphics of it. So it made you more immersive in, in like, like, it felt like you were playing in the movie, if that made sense. So, yeah. Mike, what do you think of Timon and Pumbaa's Jungle Games? Yeah, I played this all the time. It's a perfect game to have to where you didn't have a lot of time to play something. So you just throw on one of the mini games and just have fun with it. And I I played this throughout, uh, like, when I would play, like, um, Legend of Zelda or other games when I would get, um, uh, not necessarily bored, but get, either get stuck or just wanted something quick, I'd switch over to this, and i just have a blast, blasting through these different mini-games that they had. Always had a good time with it. The graphics definitely hold up. The gameplay holds up perfectly. Yeah, I enjoyed this. Mike, what's your number three? My number three is the very first Kingdom Hearts. I have Kingdom Hearts 2 as my number three. Brooklyn, does it make your list? That is not. Let's talk Kingdom Hearts then. We'll, we'll, talk, we'll touch on maybe the series as a whole. We'll oh, touch perfect. on why you like Kingdom Hearts 1 and then I'll touch on 2 and then we'll just do a bit of a wrap up because Kingdom Hearts just cannot be, tamed, be contained to one spot, I feel. <laughs> no. There is too much. So, Mike, why do you like Kingdom Hearts? Yeah, the reason I picked the first one is because it was the beginning of bringing in Final Fantasy with Disney characters. And I had, at that point, I had only played Final Fantasy VII, I think, or maybe it was six. It was one of those. That's the only Final Fantasy I'd ever played. And then I saw commercials for this game that had a bunch of Disney characters following Goofy and uh, Donald Duck with uh, Sora from Final Fantasy. And I love that you could go into the different worlds. Like, you went into Agrabah, you went into Maleficent, and... I I just wanted to fucking grab it and go straight in and play it, and I fell in love with it. Like, just the world in general, the RPG elements were amazing. Being able to play as your favorite characters in these different worlds and come across your favorite Even if you didn't get to play as some of the characters, you get to come across in the story. And knowing that it was all through um, uh, the... What, is it called The Darkness? Why, do I, why am I blanking on it? Um... The villains were the Heartless, not the Darkness, the Heartless. And everything about that was just amazing. And I loved the entire, just how it brought the world together of Disney and Final Fantasy together. I think it was a perfect combination to have because you brought in those 
RPG elements of Final Fantasy and you brought it in with Disney characters that you grew up loving for the most part and getting to see all of them interact. And a lot of the voice actors would come in from those movies and play those characters, which I thought was amazing. I just fell in love with it. And that that's why I chose the first one is because it was the beginning of it all. And I love the beginnings and stuff like that. Oh, absolutely. Brooklyn, what do you think about Kingdom Hearts 1? Uh, so I haven't played any of the Kingdom Hearts games. Um, okay. They just... So I think, I, were they Sony exclusives or? Are, for a long time, yes. Yeah, yeah, for a long time. Yeah, because they, they just recently came on to Game Pass, and then um, whenever Sora got introduced to Smash Bros, that's whenever they were brought onto the Switch. I almost considered playing Kingdom Hearts three, but as of recording, as of recording this, this got this is we're recording this like a week after um, Tiny Tina's Wonderlands came out. So admittedly, I've been playing a lot of that. But I will say, Kingdom Hearts is Kingdom Hearts is, is incredible because like I think the combat combat in it is, is is really cool. Like how you do the boss battles and whatnot. And I think it is objectively like objectively like the best the best one for just exploring the Disney the Disney universe. Like you guys said, and like all the all the different characters. Um, I think Disney Infinity tried to do the same thing, but yeah. obviously, like they kind of went through that with Skylanders, where I was like, "Oh, hey, you have to buy these things to have yep. the characters." Like, no, that's not how this works. I should be able to unlock all these things. Um, but yeah, um, also it's one of the great. Um, this one is, gets thrown around a lot in like speedrunning and like SGDQs, and I love seeing this game get. I love seeing these games get broken down. Absolutely. Um, Kingdom Hearts to me, I was a little bit later too. I picked it up more after the second one had been released in 2006 because I was Nintendo exclusive like my whole life. Um, buying a PS2 was my first one um, and was sort of to play Kingdom Hearts because I'd be reading like wikis and things like that and they'd always talk about like the princesses of heart and like Alice from Alice in Wonderland is a princess of heart. I'm like, what? Like what is going on here? And like I just read little plot points on Wikipedia that would always have like a little Kingdom Hearts section. I was like, oh, well, I just got really interested in it and it was about the time I started looking at Final Fantasies as well. So that's also what, what brought me into the world. And um, coming in at the later run, you could maybe like get everything a little bit cheaper you could get consoles yeah. and things like that. So it was as much of a risk to invest in, if that made sense. But oh, it, I've absolutely loved the series. Um, it's been incredibly influential to me. It's definitely one of those fandoms that's endured for me. I'm still really interested in because they just keep expanding upon it. They keep expanding upon the law. Like I couldn't, I think I know the law pretty well, but I could not break down eloquently every plot point from the Kingdom Hearts wider universe. Like it, it gets crazy. But that just makes me love it more. And it's kind of gives me very um, Marvel sense where, like, there's Easter eggs here and there and how yeah. they've brought things in and tied it all in. They really reward you for being a longtime fan and a longtime player. So I, I like that. But um, I picked two because for the longest time I was in the boat that Cage 1 was better. And in some aspects that we've talked about with um, story beats and worlds, I think it is. But for two, I, they really nailed the mechanics of it. Because when you go back and play one, if I haven't played in a long time, I think it's the best thing ever. But then I go play two and I can jump better and I've got better battle systems and I've got drive forms and I've got um, gummy ship that's much easier to use. So (laughs) it's just those quality of life things. And as well, I love Organization 13, Xemnas, Xehanort, all that sort of thing. So bringing all that in into i know it's come from um chain of memories the one for game boy advance but yeah. like that's not where i was introduced to, to organization <laughs> 13 probably like a lot of people it was suddenly like who are these people in kh2 and um 
then you would get to read Jiminy's journal and be like, oh, shit, half of them already wiped out. Like, what has happened? <laughs> and that's just, that's the best introduction to Kingdom Hearts where, like, if you miss one small thing or one small moment in the game, everything unravels. But that's why I love it. It's yeah. great. Um, I also like Birth by Sleep a lot, which was the PSP one yes. that they ended up bringing back out. I love the way, I think that's a prequel done right. And I like that you had the three different protagonists and you can follow each member of their journey and see how they overlap. And it gives me my favourite character in um, Aqua, so I always love her. <laughs> <laughs> but um, Cage 2, as I said, Organisation 13, boss fights, better cleavage. Um, being able to revisit the worlds twice was always great. So you've gone there, saved it once. Oh, no, we've got to go back. So it kept you invested in going back to seeing those worlds. And if you had to go back to explore to unlock things you weren't just dicking around searching for things yeah. like at least you were there and things would sort of happen more naturally so um hunting for those collectibles and, and whatnot all your chests and things made it a bit better um i won't talk about atlantica it's a thing but other than that well-rounded great game kingdom hearts number three love it brooklyn what's your number two all right uh so number two is a skip from earlier this is uh yeah cocktails remastered Woo. <laughs> yeah so this game shouldn't like when you, when you describe it to somebody, it shouldn't be this good. Like yeah. it's screwed up on a on, on his cane, and he's, that's basically basically the mechanic of it. Um, but this is but it harkens back to like those those NES days where games were incredibly tough, and this it's a very unique it's a very unique mechanic to kind of kind of introduce. It borders it has like Metroidvania esque sort of sort of sort of vibe to it, uh, and obviously like the the collectathon collectathon aspect again it fit. It, Kind of fits in the character of Scooped Up being being greedy, so you kind of need, need to get it. But yeah, I was very surprised to see this uh, see it get remastered, remastered what it did, because uh, it has such a has such a, such a cult following. I also argue too, it has some of the best some of the best music. Oh, um, oh moon yeah. theme. Yeah, <laughs> uh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, but no, it's just um, it's just a really well developed game from characters you, you would never expect. Mike, why did DuckTales make your list? Yeah, you know, I agree with everything Brooklyn said. It, to me, like, this was a show that I grew up loving. I love the movie. I watched the TV show religiously. So being able to play a Scrooge McDuck in a 2D platformer that was very difficult for NES days to go through is just amazing. Being able to go to the different, like, I think they had five different worlds you could go to to collect treasure. And it was just amazing being able, because I love those adventure like movies as well, where you go and collect treasure and Indiana Jones style stuff like that. And that's why I fell in love with the Uncharted series as well. I love those aspects of your know, whole point is you go to these worlds to collect treasure and Scrooge is the ultimate treasure hunter. That dude loves gold. He loves money. And it was just amazing to play as him and go through the characters. And I played the PS3 remaster years later and fell in love with it again and loved it. And I really hope that they remaster it one more time or at least make a new <laughs> game of it because I want a new DuckTales game. <laughs> I think there's absolutely a market for it, especially with like the Disney Channel reboot series of it. Yeah. I'm really surprised that I think they will have to go back to that property and I think it could be great. Like I, I remember playing the classic one. I haven't, I missed the chance to play the remastered one. I need to find it somehow because it looks great. But I love the way you've described it with, um, really playing true to the characters because sometimes we know we get these games based on TVs and movies that really have nothing to do with the source material. And so for tactiles to be true to Scrooge as a treasure hunter and searching the globe and going on adventures, I think that that's that mixed with the 
somewhat hardcore mechanics as we talked about <laughs> make people keep coming back to it. So I think this is a great choice. Uh, Mike, what's your number two? So I'm going with probably one of the hardest Disney-centric games of all time, the Lion Ooh, King game. You did not. <laughs> Why? I, I've only beaten this game once when I was a little kid. I have not beaten it since, and I've played it since. It is one of the hardest frustrating games you could ever play, especially that second level of you mm-hmm. having to use the hippopotamus's tails to jump uh-huh. across. It's so frustrating, but I love the world. I love the mechanic of it. I, I love the 2D graphics of it. And I just love that it keeps the Lion King like theme 100%. Like you're entranced in that world when you play that game. You're 100% playing a Lion King game. It's so much, like it's fun. Like it's kind of like playing those, um, uh, what is it? Um, like the Demon Soul games or like uh, Blood Rain mm. games where yes. it's fun to just die over and over. Like even it's though it's frustrating, it's yeah. it's fun to like when you finally get past it, you go, yeah, it took me a hundred times, but I finally did it. It's just so much fun. And the later levels are as strong as the beginning levels. Most like for me, I've stuck on those beginning levels for so long. So those are the ones that are trans to my memory. And I still love it. Like going to the elephant graveyard, it's so frustrating because it's so hard to beat those characters, but it's so much fun to play a Simba and go through that journey. And I love the little story beat throughout it, how they go through the movie aspects of it while they go to the next levels. It's so much fun to me. And I, it's one of the games I remember as a child and still play to this day. Okay. Compliment sandwich. Um, <laughs> first. I agree. The graphics are beautiful. And the times with um, the Genesis uh, Super Nintendo remakes, they were just really able to take the Disney properties like Aladdin, Lion King, Jungle Book, and really immerse you in those worlds because they made it like a storybook. You know, they had like the beats in between and they had writing in the in the font of what the movie would be. Or like I remember the Jungle Book had the actual book pages and you would have like the big square picture of the character next to the text so you can see them writing in that have the music in the background so they're really good with the transitions between levels where it wasn't just oh one level after the other after the other like the breaks in between was really good this game you will have to i will take your word that you beat it and that the later levels are good because i've never been able to get past the second level because if it's not if it's not the hippopotamus tails it's the giraffe heads that just end up turning up and you slide off them it's the monkeys that you just can't grip onto to get flung around it is if they just can't wait to be king they want to kill simba off i swear to god they don't want him as the next king they want to keep Mufasa. <laughs> um yeah so i think I appreciate this choice. I know they've brought it out with um, Aladdin and Jungle Book for modern consoles, but I don't think it's been remastered in the way DuckTales has. I haven't seen it. No, it's just, it's exactly as it was yeah. in, at the time. Um, so that doesn't make me want to go back to it so much, but at the same time, I'm like, well, I'm 30 now. Like, I can beat that. <laughs> Surely I've grown enough dexterity in my thumbs and reflexes or, or will I be worse because I'm getting older now like <laughs> I might have to experiment and see if I can at least get past that second level Brooklyn what do you think of the Lion King uh so I never got a chance to play Lion King or Aladdin we we skipped we had we had the NES we skipped the SNES and then went right to the N64 uh, but I have seen like I have seen gameplay of gameplay of it, it it's aged really well I like how they use how they use the mechanics, uh, like they use Simba as an actual like lion or whatever, but it's not just him as like an anthropomorphic creature. But you're talking about how tough it is, and it's like, man, I feel like when they made Cuphead, they were like, 
they were like, let's let's go from yep. this game. Yeah. <laughs> My number two is Castle of Illusion starring Mickey Mouse, which was Mega Drive Genesis Way. So this is just another nostalgia pick. If you've never heard of it, that's okay. <laughs> Castle of Illusion. When we moved from my childhood home, we still had our Sega Mega Drive. Did it work? No, but did we have it? Yes. Um, it wasn't coming overseas with us, but I kept the cartridge for Castle of Illusion in like my childhood memories box because like this is the game that when I scraped the earliest corners of my mind is what I remember the most. Um, I remember the covers. I remember my dad playing a, like a golf game and this Castle of Illusion game in the black box. Like I can remember everything surrounding this game, uh, I'd say it'd be like 94, 95 era. So I remember being able to watch my dad play this. And then a few years later, I would be able to pick it up and play through it all. Because Sega controllers, you know, you only had your D-pad and your three buttons on the side there. So it wasn't yeah. hard. And it wasn't the SNES controllers where they were like diagonal on top of each other. It was just like in a straight line. So it made it that it was a good grip for a kid, if that made sense. But then we got 64 and Sega went to the storage and, oh, my God, I feel like a bad Toy Story person right now where I've, like, shipped all my, my toys <laughs> off, off to the I attic. don't want to play Very <laughs> 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 that. But, yeah, so that happens. Um, Castle of Illusion is just a good platformer, though. It's a comfort game I can go to now and play a few levels. We've touched on a lot of platformers because that's really what the go was in the early 90s. Oh, and yeah. it was, like, the heyday of it. And um, basically, Mickey and Minnie are together. An evil witch steals Minnie, takes her to the castle. I think she wants to make her young, like steal her beauty or something like that. But basically, you go to this castle and there's a big door and you open the door and it's a forest level. And you go through the forest level and collect this crystal, beat the bad guy, onto the next door and it's a big clown level. The next door is like a dessert sweets level and you've got to jump out of jello and fight monsters. And it's, it's similar to Aladdin or Jungle Book where you've got jump and you've got shoot ammo. And that's it. Oh, and you can bounce. So it's somewhat Mario-ish. But um, I just love it. Similar to Ultimate Challenge and a few of the others I've talked about. It's just those music, those keys. Like, it's just burning. I think I somewhat like chiptune because of games like this, because of those 16-bit sounds. So I haven't played. They remastered it. When they remastered DuckTales, they remastered Castle of Illusion. But I haven't played it yet. I bought it for iPad. But it wasn't the same because it's just what you need a controller for. Uh, so I need to hunt down a copy of the remastered because I've seen they've changed a lot of the graph, not just the graphics, but possibly some of the level design. And it's one of those ones I'm like, I don't know if I want to open that door, if that makes sense. <laughs> like if I'm just happy with what I know or if I'm going to be like, nope, they ruined it or nope, it's not that. Or I could be like, oh, this is amazing. And they've like cared for it and loved for it. So I'm keen. Have either of you guys played this one? No. <laughs> <laughs> I I remember playing it a few times as a child and I, I loved it. I loved what I was playing. I This is a game I've actually wanted to go back to and one of the games that I've had to find uh, I, like I'm trying to search out uh, actual um, uh, affordable Genesis yeah. because I really want to wow. play it on the Genesis. Like I I've actually have the emulator as well downloaded. Yeah. I want to try that of course but I also want to hunt down like an old Genesis to play it on that as well. I That'd think cool. going back to it would be a great memory. It was a very fun game from what I remember and everything you described, I definitely remember from it. It's a great yeah. choice. Oh, good. Oh, well, we've made it to number ones. Brooklyn, what's your number one game? All right, so my number one, we are going to, I guess, stuff that is currently in Disney and in, in the MCU. Uh, and we're going with Lego Marvel Superheroes 2. 
Nice, Poe. Very good. So, yeah, this this really this more so fits into more so fits into, into MCU just kind of based on how they were doing how they were doing the games because there was the first Lego Marvel superheroes, which was which is a lot of which is a lot of like the main the main continuity like Fantastic Four X Men. Then they did Lego Avengers, which was basically um, a playthrough of like the first, of like Phase One, um, and then this game just takes everything and kind of cliche and dots it to eleven. Um, uh, if you're if you're kind of if you're in the know with what's going on now in the MCU, this is very much like a precursor to or kind of like a hint as to what's happening. Because uh, how how this starts is that you you start as a as a Guardians of the Galaxy, you crash on Z- crash on Xander, um, and then you learn that Kang has taken a bunch of different universes uh, and clashed them all together into one one massive open world. That's what I love about these games that they're fucking huge um and that there's so much to collect um what and like there there is that replayability like you were talking about in kingdom hearts how you have to go back sometimes and and lock lock this up you do get that with this but it is kind it can be tedious at times because it's like oh um so for example like wolverine uh is in the game and you have to like he has like a like a scent ability and like you have to use him to dig up dig up certain things um, so it's kind of frustrating, but oh, I have to go back and like wait to unlock that character. Um, yes. But I just love how it, it, it encapsulates all the different worlds that like you have, like the main, like you have made like New York, New York or whatever. You have you have Xandar, you have Nowhere. Uh, you get uh, like the, the Noirverse, uh, twenty ninety nine. Uh, you get medieval England, which we haven't seen yet in the in, in the movies. Um, and what I love is that every time that you unlock a character and you don't necessarily know who they are, you go look them up and you kind of be like, oh, well, this is, this is, this is that person. So I love, I love it for that reason to kind of check out all these, uh, all these new characters. And sometimes, you know, it's just fun to fly around as like, as like Tony Stark or, or Spider-Man, uh, just kind of, kind of slinging around. Um, but yeah, these take forever to 100%. The only one in the Lego series that I have had 100% is Lego Batman 2. That game's fucking incredible because they based that one around like '89 Batman, like Tim Burton. Um, but yeah, no, highly recommend check, playing this game if you haven't. If you're a, if you're a fan of the MCU, Mike, have you played this game or any of the Lego games? I've played some of the Lego. I have not played this one. I've I've played the Jurassic Park one. I've played uh, the DC one that came out, and then I've played the Hobbit one. And I've enjoyed all those. So these ones I've have been wanting to try out. I just haven't had the time to. Get them and check them out, but I definitely want to check them out. They sound a lot of fun. This is the one to check out. I agree with Brooklyn because um the superhero one is like a good start, good fun one, but this one just builds upon it so much. Uh the other one I really enjoyed was um DC Villains. I think and yeah, that's, that's like on the one. same wavelength of so either pick DC Villains or like uh the Marvel Two superheroes two like of uh, Brooklyn. You really summed up what's so good about this game is the big open world aspect, and in one second I can be in um in the Noirverse, and then the next second, um, I can fly up. They gave you the up level for the um, or the Inhumans level. I can't remember what it's called. Oh, uh, Sussle A. Uh, Sussle A, I think. Uh, Altar? Yeah. Something like that. But, like, all uh, the, the Hydra base and just all things that we hadn't seen, but it still ties into the MCU because, like, the character design is much more MCU-based than comics-based at this point. Like, the Thor is Chris Hemsworth Thor, let's face it. Yeah. And, like, the Bruce Banner shrinks down to Mark Ruffalo. Like it's, it's that. So I, I appreciate that they're really combining what's happening in the MCU and the movies, but then pushing comics. And it's this really nice middle ground 
where it's approachable to everyone, but you're going to be learning about other things. Because I agree, like I love picking, oh, which Captain America do I want to be? You know, because you've got all those different options there. And if I hadn't seen one before, I can go chase it up. Like there's no way I'm regular Thor. I'm always going to be Jane Foster, Lady Thor. Like, it's all <laughs> um, Attilan is the name of the planet. Thank you. The and the other thing as well, too, uh, Gwen, they use Gwenpool for, like, the, yes. red, for like, the red bricks. So that's that's really cool. And, like, I introduce basically a new character. And and the quirky characters, Gwenpool, Squirrel Girl, like, all those real outside-the-box ones you probably might not see on the big screen. You might see on a TV series here and there, but there's, they're not going to get their own full movie because it's just too hard to do. So you can have that fan service here and again bring in with the comics with the movies with uh, probably tv shows as well because there's been lots of good marvel tv shows so all your different spider-mans and things like that and offshoots and whatnot it all comes together in, in the game the mechanics are fun to play every superhero has their different little powers and it feels like they're true to what their character is which is always nice so like medusa will whip her hair around and things like that i just like seeing the, the variety, variety is the spice of life, and they've got it in this game in spades. So I love this choice. Mike, what's your number one? My number one is an earlier pick from Kelly that when you talk about this one, you got to talk about both versions because there are differences, and it's probably the, the best adaptation from movie to game for Disney that I've seen, that it just takes everything you love about the movie and gives you in game form. It's Aladdin. And I always went more towards the Super Nintendo version, which Kelly referred to as the beginner version. And I kind of agree with it because when you look at the differences, the Super Nintendo one, you don't have a sword, you have the apples to throw, and you just jump on everyone's head. And that's how you get through them is you have to just jump on everyone's head. You go through the levels, which are amazing. And then there's big differences, like when you go through um, the streets of Agobra at the beginning. The Super Nintendo one has more straightforward approach, while the Genesis one takes more of an adventure approach where you can go find the, um, uh, what's the Robin Williams guy? The little retailer. Oh, the gene. No, oh, the, the, the salesman. Yeah, the salesman yeah. guy. You can go find him, which is not in the Super Nintendo one, and that's how you get the different lives and stuff like that. You can go find him, and then you have to get like the flutes and stuff to go forward. And the Super Nintendo one is just straightforward. You're just going straight forward. You jump in. You're just trying to survive it. And then the Cave of Wonders are the big differences there as well, where in the Super Nintendo one, you're taking the magic carpet and you have to basically go throughout the cave trying to escape it while a wave of lava is chasing you. And then in the Genesis version, they have a similar thing to that, but a little different. And it is the Genesis one is definitely a harder version of both of them. I love all the levels. I love how creative they get. And I just love that. It's the story brought to life in a video game, and it's amazing. Uh, Brooklyn, you mentioned you maybe missed out on these. You haven't been able to have a chance to play the, the Aladdin's? Yeah, I did, I, did, I did miss out on, the, on these ones, but same, but same thing I said last time. These have aged, these have aged really well. Um, it's, it's, I would like to, I would hope they get, hope they get remastered, or like even if they get ported on, like as a three-in-one bundle on the Switch. Yeah. I think, that, think that'd be good. Yeah, I, when you were mentioning like the best adaptation of a Disney movie into a game, I think that's I think that's the right answer because I can't because I can't think of one that would necessarily be be better. Yeah. Um, yeah. So this was my number four. Um, I think it's a more common opinion now, and what I tend to read online when I look at like editorials and polls, um, 
that the Genesis version is superior. And I will fight anyone who says the SNES version is superior because it's just not. It's the Genesis yeah. one. Uh, it has the better graphics. It has the better mechanics. It's more difficult. And it's just the all-around better video game experience. I can't sing all the lyrics to Prince Ali, but I loop, I load up that first level and I will try because I've got a good five minutes of going through that first level and finding my way around. Well, I'm just going to start making up my own Robin Williams lyrics halfway through. <laughs> and, oh, my goodness, we talked about um, the lava level and the magic carpet because I don't think it's a platformer where most jumps are solid. Like they give you enough platform yeah. where it's not spicy jumps. You know, it's not leap of faiths because that's my what I, my biggest pet peeve in platformer is just absolute leap of faiths where you've just got to hope you're pushing hard enough on that directional pad yeah. to land on something. Or if you fall, you just got to hope that something's underneath you that you can grab onto. <laughs> and Super Mario Bros. Colossals. Yeah. Pretty much, yes. Still scarred. But things like that, um, and we had it in that big heyday of the early 90s with things. I think the Aladdin Genesis is a little more forgiving. I find that less. It's, it is more comes down to your skill level. I don't find, like, there's as many dodgy things in there trying to trip you up. You can definitely get oh, through yeah. it. Yeah, so I, I agree with what we've been saying. It's so good at making your way through the film that uh, the music, the ambience of the environments is fantastic it's just it's a great game this is a this is a hall of famer test of time genesis game i love it okay my number one guarantee you might not have heard of this one it is the d show for pc so horrible name in hindsight but it is by far the best disney trivia game you could ever ever ask for we bought it in 1998 when we went to disneyland couldn't even install it on our computer when we came home because it wouldn't run on Windows 95. So, <laughs> very luckily, my mum worked at a communication shop, so we could upgrade our PC and we got it running. Um, it's a game I still have. Oh, it's on the floor over there because I just did my desk app. Like, it, I've carried it with me everywhere. Like, this is my this is my totem. Like, I love this game. All the memories I have attached to it is just amazing. I haven't been able to play it because I have Mac and I just need to find those programs where you can play like old Windows 98 XP sort of games. You know, I, I need to find that. But what I love about it is that it's not just a trivia game. It was like a game show. It was like going on Jeopardy or like a fun Price is Right game show because they had this amazing jazzy opening jingle and it was all in like that 50s bright bubbly style like really gave you 50s game show vibes it is where i've stolen i'm your hostess with the mostest like that's my homage to this game because that's how the, the voice announcer started every game hi there i'll be your hostess with the mostest and welcome to the d show like it was all that so, and pretty much why i wanted to do this list was just so i could talk about this game basically <laughs> <laughs> because uh, this game's really what laid the foundations for my love of Disney trivia and just expanded my love for Disney in general because it had questions not just on the movies but on um, Disneyland and Disney World, which, you know, a small girl coming from Northwest Australia, like, could never dream of going to see that until finally very able to. But um, parks, things, um, live-action films that I'd never heard of before, like I learned all about... Um, Flubber and Absent-Minded Professor and, like, all the older ones, Pollyanna and things that I'd never, ever heard of because you hadn't seen it on VHS at that point. Like, it might not have been re-released. So finding out all about these different movies was great and they would have these mini-games in between. So I remember one that had, like, six 
uh, pictures on screen and they'd flip one and it'd be like from the most obscure character to the most obvious ah. character and you'd have to buzz in and guess it. So like they'd flip an owl in a red coat and then it would be a blue fairy and then a green fairy and a red fairy and an evil fairy and then finally it'd be Sleeping Beauty and you'd be like, oh, I know it is. So like one of those ones you buzz in just earlier. So this game, yeah, very extremely influential in my life. If there was like a big summoning circle for Kelly, this game would be in it. Have you heard of this game? I haven't heard of this game, but I know the style of game has gotten like there was because there was a series in the two thousands that was they were on DVD, but they were called like showed about movies or like showed about music. Yeah, it's very similar. And I and like the way you're talking about it, it was like, damn, I wish they continued that Disney thing with like in in that because that because that itself too. Like yeah. I'd love to be sitting around and sitting around like living with family like doing Disney trivia like that. Yeah. Mike, have you heard of this one? I have not heard of it, but I've heard of that style of game. And looking up images, yeah. it seems like it would be a very fun game to play. And it, it 100% encompasses why you started the show and why you yes. love Disney. Guys, did you have any honorable mentions you wanted to mention briefly? Anything that wanted to make oh. the list, just oh. couldn't quite fit it in? So the one, uh, yeah, there's one that, oh, that, that, the one that was my five, but ended up being taken over by Mickey Speedway USA, uh, was a Tarzan action game. Uh, it was it was another 2D platformer made on the N64. I really used the, the mechanic of Tarzan, but uh, the the one that I really wanted to put on, but I couldn't I couldn't put on just because of because of semantics, I guess, or the rules. But if we were to include anything right now that is in Disney, uh, Simpsons Hit and Run would be my number would be my number <laughs> one, and I wish that game got remastered. <laughs> Absolutely, I think if they remastered the game, it would sell out. Like everyone's yeah. clamoring for it. Mike, what made your honorable mentions? Um, I would say definitely the Jungle Book mm-hmm. adaptation that came out was still enjoyable. Was wasn't as like the mechanics weren't there like the Aladdin and Lion King one were, but it's still the same t- concept. Follows the story basically beat from beat as you play as Mowgli, and it had some fun elements. It, it was very very hard on like grabbing stuff, and that was a problem that I saw with it was like grabbing vines and stuff were very difficult to actually grab onto it and not to fly off. But yeah, that game definitely would have to be brought up in the Disney game fandom of being some of the best out there. Yeah, a few other ones for me were just other platformers. So um, the Timeless Adventures of Mickey Mouse, that was um, Super Nintendo and Genesis as well. Um, Because I've already put on like Castle of Illusion and and um, a few of the others that just made it by the wayside. And that is another one that's brutal to get past even like the second level. So I can't say I fully enjoyed the game when I can't get through it. But the art style and the idea of playing as Mickey Mouse through all the different periods, like you start as Steamboat Willie and then you go to the Mad Doctor and then the um, Jack and the Beanstalk one. Like I really like that idea. Um, the other ones I like is a lot of the computer releases they ever did. If you remember getting like Scholastic Book Club, you might have seen like the Aladdin's Activity Center or the Playthrough Interactive Storybook. Like they were really big on PC for a while and releasing the games, uh, what was coming out with the movies and yeah, things like that. And the art studios and all those types of games that were really right. fun to play as a kid. Oh, guys, thank you so much for coming on today. I've had a wonderful time talking video games today. It's so amazing. I've, it's exactly what I wanted where everyone's bringing their own point of view and what they grew up with and what they like and things like that. So it's really excited because it's been hard. You can't have played everything is the thing. So I've just been yeah. so excited to talk what people, what really struck them as when they were a kid and what's just stuck with them throughout their lives. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. Thank you, yeah. 
And when you come to the end, <laughs> stop. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Doing Disney. Make sure you follow us on Facebook and Instagram at Doing Disney Podcast and Twitter at Doing Disney Pod. 